Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Minneapolis, St. Paul, the fan. Vikings War Room presented by Honda because they've moved up to take the 41st overall pick, sending to Cincinnati a fourth-round selection to move up seven spots. With the 41st pick in the 2017 NFL Draft, the Minnesota Vikings select Davin Cook, running back, Florida State. Saturday morning, you are in the zone on the fan, Tucker and Sinekin. And if we've learned one thing through three rounds of the draft, I think it's safe to assume the Vikings' first pick this year has a chance to be more productive than their first pick last year. Great to be with you on this lovely Saturday morning in the Twin Cities as uh, we react to what happened last night. Both of our favorite football teams uh, finally got active last night. Packers add three players. Vikings add two. And uh, we will break those down in depth this morning. Uh, the draft continues three hours from now. Green Bay on the clock. Vikings pick second. Uh, between the two teams, 13 players will be selected in the draft today. First things first. I welcome in my partner of the last 22 years on the fan, the professor of hoopology, uh, we just call him Double T, Trent Tucker. Good morning. Good morning, Davey. How are you? Good, man. We will talk some NBA playoffs before we're done today. Yeah, what I we believe do. so. We uh, won game seven to look forward to. Otherwise, the um, conference semifinals are set. It was not a good uh, week to be a home team in game six. They went winless, I think, in five attempts. Uh, we'll talk plenty of NBA later on. But we begin with the NFL uh, late afternoon yesterday, uh, Rob Domofsky, who covers the pack for ESPN.com, I think he's one of the three reporters left on ESPN.com, 
uh, said that the Packers were debating between two players, cornerback Kevin King, running back Dalvin Cook. Uh, Both would fill needs for Green Bay. You could argue the cornerback need more pressing uh, in light of uh, the disaster that was the past defense last year. But I got all enamored with the idea of Dalvin Cook joining the Packers offense and never facing eight men in the box. You know, we got to respect Rodgers and in open space. And then you go to YouTube and you watch highlight packages of Dalvin Cook. And I, I got more and more intrigued that, man, if they – everybody expects him to go defense. But if they were to take Cook, how fun would that be? And when Green Bay went with the bigger need, uh, clearly, uh, getting a six-foot, three-inch cornerback who pro football focus compares to, to uh, Richard Sherman – a guy that can match up with big number one receivers like Julio Jones, Des Bryant. That's something Green Bay needed more desperately. Then I said, all right, no luck with Cook. He'll go in the next 10 picks. And he still dropped, and he dropped, and no one took running back. And lo and behold, you see the Vikes move up. In a year where it looked like you don't want to move up this year because you want depth. There's so many players that you want to add picks, not subtract. But Rick Spielman, the first of four trades yesterday, uh, deals with the Bengals, moves up six spots, and lo and behold, it's the Vikings that land the Florida State star running back, Dalvin Cook, who it's been reported widely has had issues since he was 14. You can actually go back further. Um, multiple uh, dealings with the law and um, problems all the way you know, into his college career and then injuries, three shoulder surgeries. That's the reason he dropped into the second round. But, man, I, uh, I don't blame the Vikes at all for jumping up and grabbing this kid. If he can mature... Uh, he's surrounded here with uh, former Florida State guy Xavier Rhodes, uh, fellow Miami native Teddy Bridgewater, guys he has things in common with. If he can grow up and get past all that stuff and, and not hang, hang around with guys that maybe aren't to have his best interest in mind, man, I think this has a chance to be a home run pick for the Purple and certainly for a team that needs explosiveness and excitement and a, and a star player to get excited about. Trent Cook has a chance to be all those things. Viking fans have to be giddy about uh, – the opportunities that Dalvin Cook might present for this offense. Well, I was surprised some of the teams who was picking in the latter part of the first round didn't take a look at him. Mm-hmm. I thought the Giants may take a look at him. I thought the Packers, you know, uh, would take a look at him. But uh, Tampa Bay was a team that you know close I to his college. Was, yeah, yep. but I was I was very excited to hear that that Vikings had a chance to to add this type of potential talent. You know, to their roster. Yeah, they they brought in Latavius Murray, who was seen as more of a placeholder, a guy that. He's not going to wow you, but he's a solid running back, and he'll obviously still be a part of this offense. Uh, and you could argue, well, you know, it's great. You can have Barry Sanders back there. If you don't have a line to block for him, it's going to be difficult. Uh, what makes Cook so uh, fun, he's not really a, known as a between-the-tackles bruiser, although he can get you. Uh, he can take the ball on the goal line and, and, and score. I saw plenty of highlights from the goal line where he was tough enough to break tackles and get into the end zone. Um, but he is a terrific receiver as well. And in this offense where you know Bradford doesn't throw the ball downfield too much, to have a running back that's a weapon, um, the stats don't lie. Uh, over his career at Florida State, six and a half yards of carry, 46 touchdowns. He had 19 in the last two years each. And last year, Trent, 33 catches for 488 yards and a touchdown out of the backfield as a receiver. So he is multidimensional uh, on the field. His only real issue is fumbles. Uh, but Viking fans should be used to that. So, you know, he had a Hall of Famer that fumbled. 13 fumbles in his Florida State career. Uh, we talk about the off-field stuff that uh, he'll need to move past, and that likely dropped him into round two. 
But all this talk about, man, would Joe Mixon be the pick for the Vikes? Could that be the guy they go with, the, the baggage he brings in? Uh, they find a guy with significantly less baggage, although he, he was accused of punching a woman uh, outside a bar uh, year, a number of years ago, I think two years ago. Uh, so he does have some baggage himself. But um, as uh, the Star Tribune reported today, uh, Spielman spent a lot of time on the phone with Cook yesterday. Uh, they apparently have done all the, the due diligence they feel they need to do, and uh, they, they couldn't pass him up. And I, I can't blame him. Like I say, I would have been thrilled if Green Bay had taken him at 33. Um, uh, they took a, a bigger need, which I can't argue with. But uh, I have to say, the one team I really didn't want to see him with uh, was Minnesota. Um, but I think it's a, it's a slam dunk pick. And then they follow it up. How about the, the Knights Spielman had four trades last night, Trent? You know, he makes the first two trades where he moves up. He moved, did it again in the second round. He moved up uh, to grab the center from Ohio State, Pat Elfline. And I'm saying to myself, all right, my storyline tomorrow is I love the two picks, but now you only have four picks on Saturday for a team with a lot of holes. Well, he dealt with that uh, right away by trading back twice in the third round, eventually trading out of the third round. And uh, now they have seven picks today. So they added three more picks with those two trades, two in the fourth. Uh, no, three in the fourth, I believe, 109, 120, and 132. Uh, none in the fifth, two in the sixth, one in the seventh. So he made up for moving up twice by moving back twice and adding picks, and they'll have the second pick today, and obviously still more needs on the offensive line, and they can address defense today as well. Well, I mean, it's, it's nice to, you know, to be able to, you know, to add picks here and there, but we all know that, you know, you're going to have to add some veteran guys to your team if you want to win. I mean, you're trying to get to a place where, you know, this this team, you know, having gone in a long time, and that's to make a deep playoff run. And, and I, you know, and getting young talent, you know, is a must. You know, but when you talk about winning and competing at playoff time, you're going to have to add some veteran guys to your list. Well, I get it, but this is draft weekend. This is where you add rookies. So no, you, you've I got mean, to add 10, 12. I, I get that. I get that. I mean, but you got to look at, okay, how can we win? You know, and 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 it's and you look at I, I, it's nothing add it's nothing wrong with adding young talent, but also you got to look at how how do we balance this team out by bringing in some guys that can play at this level already. Well, that's what free agency was for. That's right. why they brought in tackles and, and and sometimes you may have to use some of these draft picks to go out and see if you can require some of these some of these other type yeah veteran I, type I disagree. Talents. I disagree on that one, Trent. I mean, look at last year. There were three Pro Bowl rookies. Okay, Who no, won? just let me finish. Okay, Actually, I'll, let you, I'll let you finish. There were four. Rookies that made the Pro Bowl last year, three of them were drafted on Saturday. Okay, so but, but who you won can, the Super Bowl? Well, we're talking about winning. I understand that. Trend. I know. Like, I know. I, you I need get, to build from the draft. I, That's I, how the I, NFL I, teams I, succeed. I get, I get. I get the fact, you know, that you know you have to have young players to win. I, I get that. Not to win, but, you, have to, you have to build your but, roster with but, young but, talent. But we got to. But at some point in time, you know, draft picks are great to have. But you got to be able to put some veteran guys on your team as well. But you don't trade draft picks for veteran. Very rarely but, do you see that. But look at the teams who are winning. What are, what are they winning with? Usually their own players. That and, they, and, and veteran guys. Well, yeah, you, of course. But you got to hit some home runs on day three with some I, draft I, picks. I, 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 or I'm, even I, undrafted I, I, guys. I'm not, I'm, I'm not disputing that. But I'm just saying that also when you, I know it's draft time and you're looking at all the guys that you can bring in, you know, who are going to be drafted fifth, sixth, seventh round. I mean, I, I get all that. You want to add people here and there. But if we're talking about, you know, taking that next step, you want to add some, some, some young talent at the top of the draft for sure because you believe those guys can come in and probably play if they don't start, but they can play a major role for you at some point in time throughout mm-hmm. the season. But when we talk about winning, you're going to have to make sure also 
that you balance it off by bringing some veteran guys also that can help you win at this level right away. Okay, I get that. Okay. And you've got, you know, between now and training camp to maybe right. add some guys. But this weekend is about adding, you know, 8 to 10 rookies and hoping you can hit on, you know, at least half of those guys. I think uh, the Vikes are off to a, a really strong start after sitting out Thursday night, as painful as that is, to watch 32 names go by and none of them are yours. Uh, as it turned out, Green Bay fans were in the same boat as they traded out. Uh, moved down a number of spots, got the first pick last night, and added a fourth rounder. Um, you know, it, it's tough to watch that first night, but I think both teams have to be excited about uh, what they've built. Green Bay added a, a safety in the back of the second round in, um, in in Josh Jones from NC State, who is a four four guy and 220 pounds. So speed, size are what uh, Ted Thompson had on his mind. Then they added a defensive tackle, who um, Kuyper and McShay were, and Mayock have all been raving about, so... Uh, I'll take their word for it. Um, but also the great thing about Dalvin Cook is that, you know, not only, you know, can he catch the ball out of the backfield, he has, he has you know, talent, you know, that can. Breakaway speed. But that breakaway speed, that's that's the one thing that a lot of running backs, you know, when they can break through and get to the second level, you know, can they run away from, from that cornerback or that safety? And he's a guy that has that, has that ability to do that. So, you know, I was very excited to see that the Vikings were able to pick up someone with, with that type of potential talent. Uh, there is no doubt he has the ability to get loose, but I'm guessing PA needs a new signature call for Delvin Cook. Has he already got one? Well, let's find out. When we come back, Vox himself, the voice of the Vikings, Paul Allen, I doubt he slept. He's got to be so giddy about what his purple team did last night. PA joins next when we return in the zone on the fan. You're in the zone with Dave Sinekin and Trent Tucker on the fan. All right, back with you at 818. It's a uh, big day for the draft on the fan. Uh, we'll talk plenty of it between now and 10. Then we'll take a quick siesta with the uh, debut of T to Green with the common man, Dan Cole, to talk all things golf 10 to noon. Beyond the Pond is over? Yes, we're done with hockey. Uh, the Wild's done. Hockey's done. That's Let's true. move on. Um, then draft talk on the fan, beginning at noon with uh, Paul Allen, uh, Pete Bursich, Nacho Lieber. Noon to three today, draft special. Uh, they'll be followed by JG and Meat Sauce. Take you through uh, the rest of the draft today. Uh, so a big day for PA and a big night last night as his favorite team added two very nice offensive pieces. I doubt he has slept, and he's kind enough to join us for a rare appearance in the zone this Saturday morning. Good morning, PA. Yeah, we um, we will we'll be at U.S. Bank Stadium today from uh, noon to five with a JG and Sauce from three to five. And uh, you know, if um, if families are looking for something to do today, the I think the draft fest is going to be really cool. It's uh, the gates open at ten thirty U.S. Bank Stadium. The um, uh, it's twenty dollars per adult. Uh, kids twelve and under get in free. And um, you know, I've I've hosted draft parties I think for fourteen or fifteen consecutive years on round number one. And, um, you know, those are generally more for hardcore draft people and, and kind of adult festivities. This, uh, this fan fest is uh, really a family fest with, uh, with excellent opportunities for kids today. And you get a chance to be on the field at U.S. Bank Stadium. So, um, so I'm really excited for that. But, uh, yeah, it was good last night. You know, and the, you know, you, you know David, uh, and good morning, Trent, that, um, that I put a lot of time into the draft. And, um, you know, I pride myself on, on being accurate with uh, the Vikings picks no matter – if they're in rounds one, two, or three, but, um, you know, fairness and conversation, um, I did not put a lot of nine to noon time into Dalvin Cook. Now, I mean, I know what he does and who he is, um, but I'm I'm still flabbergasted that he was available at, at pick 41. And, 
you know, I'm, I'm quite aware of, of everything that transpired off the field. And, you know, for, uh, for Spielman to, uh, to trade up and, um, and do his due diligence on this whole thing, spend 45 minutes on the phone with Dalvin Cook yesterday and uh, let the offensive coordinator, Pat Shermer, know yesterday morning that there's a very realistic chance that we're going to trade up to get this guy. They, um, they kind of saw it coming. And uh, when, when he got by Green Bay, and I like Green Bay's pick a lot, uh, uh, the, the, the corner from Washington is a player, you know, then all of a sudden, you know, when we're doing the show last night on the fan, it, it kind of started to become a reality. And, you know, we pushed all of our conversational chips in on Dalvin Cook and started to really do a deep dive on what he does and how he can help. And, you know, then the Vikings take him. And, you know, now you look at um, at Sam Bradford, Dalvin Cook, Stefan Diggs, Adam Thielen, Kyle Rudolph, Latavius Murray. And, you know, I think uh, the playmaking situation for this team got pretty good. Yeah, I mean, Diggs and Thielen had broken through, and they're very nice receivers, but the offense was lacking a potential star element, in my opinion. Yes, Diggs could become that. We know that. But I think Dalvin Cook has a chance to just be the identity of this offense, PA. And I think that's exactly what this team really needs is, is to have that threat at running back where you hand off and he could take it to the house. And really, of all the backs in this draft, I think he has the, the best big play potential. And, yeah, the off-field stuff is why he was available on Friday. Uh, he was certainly projected to be a first-round pick. Um, you're going to have some fun with this guy, and you've got to spend some time coming up with a new signature call, right? Because you got to bury he's no. loose, right? Or, or do, you no, use, no. He, do you stick he's with loose, he's loose? He's loose is not going anywhere. <laughs> In fact, it, <laughs> it, it, it fits Dalvin Cook as well as it's ever fit anybody from what I think. But with, with Dalvin Cook, you know, the, the way I stacked running backs up with the way I do things, you know, I, my belief is, is that Joe Mixon is far and beyond the best running back in the draft. Uh, the fact that you can line him up in the slot like Brian Westbrook, he's really good off the line of scrimmage. He, um, and and Joe, Joe Mixon's a fantastic talent, but I in no way, as I said yesterday, felt the Vikings would be interested in taking him. So I kind of ruled him off. I knew Leonard Fournette would be gone. So then, I, you know, I put a lot of time into South Florida running back Marlon Mack, who's still available and actually I think would fit well with Green Bay because he catches the ball pretty well. And Kareem Hunt from Toledo and some other guys because I was just – I was sure Dalvin Cook would, would be drafted, and um, then you know when it, when he wasn't, you um, you know you start to look at the possibilities. And, and after uh, the draft show last night, which ended at nine, I zipped to Winter Park, uh, went into uh, the offensive coordinator's office, taped a ten minute interview with him, which we'll play back today somewhere between noon and one. You know, and in talking to Pat Shermer, you know, in his first full year as offensive coordinator here. There, you know, for Pat, he took over midseason last year after North Turner resigned, and and it was very quirky for Pat because he could only make some tweaks during the course of the season because you spend so much time during the week getting ready for the opponent, and you can't really change things. Right. Um, and and he's changed a fair amount, and and he simplified a fair amount of things for certain players, specifically from the running back spot, where I think it's going to complement what Cook does. Now, you know, they did. They did sign Latavius Murray in free agency, and it's not a big deal, and it's not a long deal. And he's also hurt, and he probably won't be available until training camp. But, you know, as I've said 9 to noon, Davey, I'm, I'm infatuated with the way New England does things. You know, they, they, they'll, they'll put James White in play one week, then you get ready for him. Next week it's LeGarrette Blunt running between the tackles. You get ready for that. And then it's Deion Lewis the next week. And, you know, I, I think the Vikings have the opportunity to mix things up with Cook, Murray, and McKinnon to a certain extent to kind of keep teams off balance. 
PA checking with us, checking in with us on a Saturday morning. And and Paul, after that pick, Trader Rick trades up again. And as I said earlier, you know, in a draft where it was all about depth and getting as many picks as you want, was there a moment? And again, we'll talk. We can talk about Elf Line and chance to be the starting center or, or move over to guard. But after that move is made, now you're looking at just four picks left the rest of the draft uh, before right. Trader Rick uh, gets back into action and makes two more picks to move back and acquire picks. What was your mindset when you saw they traded up again to get the offensive lineman they coveted? Well, it had to be an offensive lineman in that spot. And, you know, starting today, um, you know, I, I kind of expect them to take another offensive lineman. Um, but, you know, I, I got to believe after two offensive players on days one and two, I got to believe Zimmer gets into play today uh, with, with some defensive selections, specifically in fourth round. But, you know, with Elfline, you know, when I was lining up these offensive linemen nine to noon, you know, I, I from a preference standpoint of 48, I liked Ethan Posick from LSU. He goes to Seattle. I like Deion Dawkins from Temple. He goes to Buffalo. And, and Elfline was number three. He was at the Vikings Top 30 dinner, which I emceed at U.S. Bank Stadium about a month ago. You know, and I got a chance to meet him and learn a lot about him and Dan Feeney, who also was there. And, um, and, you know, the Vikings are really into position flexibility with offensive and defensive line. You know, that, that's, uh, I think, a major reason they signed your guy Dayton Jones in free agency in that he can play some defensive end and also can play some defensive tackle. Same thing with Elfline. Now, you know, he, he's the Remington Award winner from 2016 at center. And he also started 15 games uh, a couple of years ago when Ohio State won the national championship. So reading between the lines here, I got to believe Elfline becomes favored to start at center. And that means that right guard where they sit now, you have Joe Berger and maybe Jeremiah Searles, who played tackle last year but also plays guard. He played guard against Carolina last year, I think week three, and played really well. You know, I think those guys battle it out for right guard as of now, depending on what they draft today. Packers on the clock. Vikings pick second. Do you have a uh, a name or two that you're hoping uh, gets mentioned when your guys are on the clock? I like um, I like pit guard Dorian Johnson. Mm-hmm. Um, well, you know, when I lined up my offensive lineman, he was right behind Elfline and Beanie, um, and he's there. Um, I like Desmond King. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. King from Iowa. You know, he's a, uh, he's a guy who returns, and uh, in losing Cordero Patterson, I, I think that's an issue that they're going to need to address. I think Desmond King from Iowa will, will be a really good special teams guy in the NFL. He plays corner, and I think he can play safety, and I think the Vikings are in the safety market. Uh, there's a three-technique defensive tackle, the one that would play next to Linval Joseph, named Jaleel Johnson from Iowa, um, who, who, uh, with whom I'm infatuated. And if, if they're interested in quarterback, you know, I talked a little bit about this guy this week. There, there's a guy from Pitt named Nathan Peterman, who honestly, from I, I mean, I don't think he, I don't think he's that far behind guys like like Mitch Trubisky, and or Pat Mahomes. And I was in love with Deshaun Watson into this draft. Now, you know, I don't know if they're going to draft a quarterback, but this guy's still there, and uh, and he can play. And, and you know, I think he'd be a nice little asset too. That's a good call. Peterman's going to go early today, and there might even be teams looking to to trade up to get him. He's, he's got a lot of steam. I know some of the talking heads love his potential. That might be a very good call 
for your squad with the second pick today uh, just to grab that quarterback and have him on the roster? Well, I wouldn't, uh, Davey, I wouldn't be surprised if Spielman trades that second pick today or mm. trades something in the fourth round for maybe a fourth rounder next year. Mm. We, we don't have a fourth rounder next year because of that Bradford trade. Oh. You know, and, and Spielman, he, he just he loves to find his way to at least 10 draft picks. And, and he's managed to do that this year. Um, so if they were to trade today for something next year, it wouldn't surprise me. But but I do like where they sit today. Appreciate you joining us this uh, early on Saturday morning, Paulie. Uh, have fun at U.S. Bank Stadium. We'll be listening at noon today. My man, have a good day. Bye, See Double you, T. All right, man. Paul Allen, voice of the Vikes, uh, who will be all over the station, as he said today, beginning at noon, U.S. Bank Stadium, open to the public, chance to be on the field and to watch what will be a very busy day for your favorite football team, seven picks uh, beginning uh, shortly after 11 o'clock today. Uh, as Paul said, they may they may move that pick, he believes. If not, they are the second team on the clock following the Packers uh, with seven picks uh, to add some depth to try to find a couple diamonds in the rough. And as uh, Pauly said, uh, help Mike Zimmer's defense out today uh, with a number of, of youngsters that have a chance to uh, to contribute. So uh, it'll be a big day in the Will NFL. you be watching the entire day? I will not. Um Jackson's got a tournament at Armstrong today, a little basketball doubleheader at noon and two. So uh, I will be uh, watching some basketball, but I'll have my phone on the NFL mobile app, and I will watch the picks as they come in because Green Bay's got, as we said, six picks. The Vikes have seven, so lots of things to pay attention to. Um, When we come back, uh, we still have lots more draft talk, obviously. I want to also jump into the NBA, catch up on where things stand in the playoffs. Lots to get to. We welcome your input, as always. 651-989-5326, 651-989-5326, toll-free, 800-320-5326. In the zone, rocking and rolling on a Saturday morning, back after these. You're in the zone on the fan. Thirty-six. You could uh, say day three of the NFL draft is a game of roulette for the thirty-two football teams who will select a whole bunch of rookies today. Thirteen players to be picked between the Packers and Vikings today, and those two teams are on the clock to start the day. Uh, deep track Springsteen by request on the fan as Tucker and Sinek can return. Thanks again to PA for checking in on his thoughts on what the Vikes did last night. Uh, mercurial running back Dalvin Cook available for the Vikes to trade up and grab at 41, and then um, sturdy, durable Ohio State center Pat Elfline, another target where the Vikes trade up to 70 to grab him and to add a key piece to the offensive line, likely the center of the present and future, as uh, PA thought Joe Berger might kick next to him to uh, the right guard spot. So uh, the Vikes address offense last night, and uh, with seven picks today, we'll likely add a couple more pieces there and a whole bunch of pieces on 
defense. Much more in the draft, and we'll get to phone calls in a moment. Uh, Trent, I want to just check in on the NBA. I'm such a draft rube that my Bucks were facing elimination Thursday night, and I didn't pay a whole lot of attention, especially when I clicked over and they were down by 25 at home. I resigned myself to the fact that the 2-1 lead was going to be wiped out <laughs> quickly. They did come back and take the lead That's what I heard. in that game briefly, and I, I caught the end of that run. It was uh, typical, though, a lot of teams, when you're down 20-25, you fight back to take the lead. You don't have enough left to uh, sustain it. Toronto uh, wipes out my Bucks, winning the last three games of that series. I think there were five game sixes. The home team lost all of them, including the Jazz last night to set up a game seven, the only first-round Game 7, which we'll see uh, tomorrow as the winner gets the lovely prize of facing the Golden State Warriors. Um, Also last night, Boston, after trailing 2-0, storms back to win the next four to oust Chicago, who without Rajon Rondo uh, had no answers at the point guard position. And Atlanta uh, saw their season end last night as the Wizards go down to Atlanta and knock out the Hawks. Uh, Three home teams lose last night in Game 6s. Surprising at all to you because you're facing elimination, you're at home. More often than not, I think you, you see that home team rise up and force a game seven. But in five or six instances here, it didn't happen in any of them. Does that surprise you at all? Well, it's, it's somewhat surprising, you know, but when you look at, you take let's take Utah, for instance. I mean, they have, you know, Joe Johnson, they have some veteran guys here. But, you know, Chris Paul has always played in a game like this. Mm-hmm. At a very high level. Yeah. And and last night he came out and kind of set the tone. But it's very difficult, you know, to close out. And for teams that haven't been in these positions for a very long time and not understanding the mental focus that you need to bring into a game of this nature for an entire 48 minutes. And, and if things don't go well for you, some of the young guys have a, have a tendency, you know, not to understand how to compete for the entire 48 minutes. But you have to give the Clippers a, a great deal of credit but being able to bounce back without Blake Griffin, uh, facing elimination. Chris Paul took his game to a whole new level. You know, but Jamal Crawford played well. You know, Austin Rivers had some big shots coming down down, down the stretch. And, and Utah was just not able, you know, to find a way to put that game away. But I, I, I do give them a great chance going back back to L.A., you know, for game seven. You give Utah a great chance? Yeah, it's, it's not a situation that you would like to be in, you know, but they have won in L.A. before so they know they can get it done. So I, if I don't give them a great chance, but I, I do give them a chance to, to go up to Elliott and knock off the Clippers in Game 7. What a story the Celtics are. I think it was a week ago. We're looking at them. Wow, they dropped the first two at home. The number one seed is is likely going to be bounced. Then you hear Rondo broke his thumb, and you realize they don't have another point guard on that. I mean, it's a, it's a real indictment on the Bulls. I mean, I, the, the United Center crowd was chanting fire Hoiberg at the end of last night's game, and I would have said, Fire your GM. I mean, is it Hoiberg's fault that Rondo broke his thumb? Were you yelling fire Hoiberg when you were up 2-0 in, in winning two in Boston? Now your point guard gets hurt and it's the coach's fault? Yeah, there are some flaws, and Chicago was a disaster all year behind the scenes, Trent. But uh, they go into Boston, win those first two, and look like the story of the playoffs. Um, then they don't score 100 points in any of the next four games without a floor leader out there. And uh, in Boston, uh, getting past the, the tragic sort of uh, fog around that team, uh, they go on to win the next four, and, and they'll move on. Um, thoughts on that series and and how much of a challenge uh, Boston might present if they can get to Cleveland in the next round? 
Well, I say when you lose a, a key a key player this time of the year, and, and Rondo was was a huge loss, you know, for the Chicago Bulls. They, as you mentioned, they go into Chicago. I mean, into Boston and win the first two games. Uh, you know, he was able to control the tempo of the game. He had the players in the right positions they needed to, to be. He was playing with a great deal of confidence. Also, they helped his team play with a great deal of confidence. And, and losing someone like that at, at at this time of the season is is hard to replace. And you can see that Boston was able, you know, to take advantage. You know, with with Chicago losing Rajon Rondo, it's a bit surprised Freddie went to the uh, the Isaiah Thomas carries the ball all the time card. I think he did it after game five. I don't know if you heard the comments, but you know. He went pretty frontal. That you know, the league allows him to carry the ball, and that's just what he does. That's why that hmm. hesitation move is so lethal. And they don't call it. Last night, you saw him on the sideline making the the hand signal that he's doing it again. Um, how do you? What's your take on that? Is that a uh, just something the NBA officials allow? Do you feel like he's kind of dribbling within the rules, or is he sort of skirting the rules? Do you have an issue because a defender? The reason that hesitation move might be so deadly is because he does kind of bring it up. You don't know he's going to keep dribbling. It looks like he's done. Uh, what What are your thoughts on the way Isaiah Thomas handles the rock? Uh, no, I have no problem with you it don't, at all. No. Let, let it go. Right, yeah. The guy's 5'9". He should get some kind of edge. Well, if the officials are not going to call it, you, then you have to set up some sort of you know defense to try to slow him down. I mean, everybody runs a steady diet of pick-and-roll basketball. And, and when he comes off, off the pick-and-roll, if the big guy is not up on the screen, and if he has space between himself and the big guy, well, he's going to win that matchup every time. And, you know, he can shoot the ball so well. He handles the ball very well. So that hesitation dribble now becomes even more potent is because when he, ri- when he, can, he can rise up to think he's going to take a shot. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah. Oh. Sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. But he keeps his dribble alive. Now that forces the defense to get out of position. And now he's able to make a play off the bounce by getting into the lane to either make a play for himself or for one of his teammates. But when you have a, a guard who is that explosive, you know, Russell Westbrook, you know, Isaiah Thomas now is making a huge name for himself. You know, James Harden, everybody plays pick-and-roll basketball. At some point in time, you have to decide, well, we're going to force somebody else to win the game. Last night, John Wall gets 42 points. Steady died of pick-and-roll basketball. So every time he comes off the pick-and-roll, the big guy who should be up there on who's guarding the screener is 10 feet off of the screener. So when John Wall comes off the pick, okay, I got a big guy that's 10 feet away from me. I got open space. If he doesn't come up, I knock down the 15-foot jump shot. If he decides to step up, he's not there on the initial, when I come off the screen, mm-hmm. he's not there to trap me, I can use the bounce to get around him. It, it baffles me time and time again you know, that coaches are not setting up a, a certain type of trapping type in defense to force that guy either to pick up his dribble or make a pass to another teammate. We all know that James Harden is a wonderful one-on-one basketball player. If he's left in a situation where he's got to go up against a big guy, he's going to win that matchup 85 to 90% of the time. We all know that. He's Give the guy his respect. Give him his due. He is that good on the offensive end. 
So we have to set up some sort of defense that can slow him down, especially, Dave, when the game is on the line, to see if he can pass the ball to someone else and hope to, and see if they can make a play to win the game. Harden's next matchup is the most intriguing of these playoffs. We'll get to that in a moment. You mentioned John Wall, 42 last night. Bradley Beal, 31 as the Wiz knock out the Hawks. So it's Isaiah Thomas v. John Wall in round two. Uh, you talk about fun matchups to watch. And, again, Harden against the Spurs, um, that's going to be great. But two dynamic point guards, as you said, not defended very well so far in these playoffs. They, they're able to get the shots they want. But they have space. I mean, anytime you give a good player in, in any sport, whether it's football, basketball, hockey, or baseball, the opportunity to find their comfort zone, especially on the offensive end, you can't, you, you can't contain them. You talk about the great quarterbacks, you know, who, at the NFL level. If the, front, if the front four, the front three, the front line can't put pressure on them, if they can sit back in that pocket, Six, seven, six or seven seconds in severe in severe field. You can't you, you you can't defend them because they are too good. So at some point in time, the defense has to step up, you know, to force these great players into a situation where now they have to do something different with the ball. And if you don't, they're going to make you pay time and time again. Celtics Wizards. That's uh, one versus four. Do you give Washington a chance to knock off Boston in this series? Yeah, I mean, you know, Washington, you know, has a good team. You know, you have, you know, two guys in the backcourt that can put the ball in the basket. You know, like you talk, Bradley Beal got 31 last night. John Wall gets 42. Uh, Gortat could be the difference, you know, in, in this series. You know, can he give them some, con- some, some consistent low post Because Boston uh, doesn't have much to, right. to so, defend him. And, and if he can give them some consistent low post production, all of a sudden now he becomes that third offensive weapon, you know, that could present you know, some troubles for the Boston Celtics. The Raptors were my sneaky team to maybe surprise some folks. Um, they get past my Bucks. They get Cleveland. Feels like they kind of woke up after falling behind 2-1. They looked like a different team, especially defensively. And now they get Cleveland, which um, didn't have a whole lot of trouble with Indiana. Those games were, for the most part, kind of close. Yeah. But, but Cleveland took care of business. How competitive? I know you've been on Cleveland all season long that they're going to come out of the East. I doubt you're going to change your tune, but um, <laughs> do you think the Raptors give them uh, uh, some trouble here? Does this series go six or seven? It could, yeah. I mean, you know, Toronto played them very well last year, and, and for to- Toronto, it's all about health. You know, can Kyle Lowry stay healthy? Uh, DeRozan has played very well in games against LeBron James. You add Serge Ibaka. You know, defensively, can they can they slow down the big three uh, of, of the Cleveland Cavaliers? You know, who are you going to try to take away? Are you going to try to take away Kyrie Irving or are you going to take away Kevin Love? Because, you know, LeBron James is, is, is going to do his thing. So what type of defense of scheme would Dwayne Casey come up with to see if he can take away one of the big threes and slow down the Cavaliers? I think what was impressive about Cleveland, when they were in some trouble against Indiana, you, you saw Tyron Lue go to this LeBron James and the Seven Dwarfs um, roster or lineup where D- Darren Williams is in and Channing Fry and some of these guys that aren't typically in there they were hugely successful, and I'm going to be interested to see if he goes with that lineup at all, if that works at all against Washington, or if they're more um, conventional. Well, it, it can work for one game or two, you know, but over the long haul of a, of a seven-game series, you know, you're not going to rely on your role players to, to play that that big in every game. Your star players are going to have to step up to carry you, and you can get away with that here and there, you know, but against good basketball teams over the long haul, you know, that would not work for you. So for the Cavaliers, you know, to to make a march toward the NBA Finals, which I think they will do, 
coming out of the East. You know, Kyrie Irving and Kevin Love and LeBron James, they're going to have to be at their best. Let's take one NBA-related call to Roseville. We go. Jerry is in the zone. Good morning. Good morning, guys. Morning. Um, I'm really happy for uh, Scott Brooks. I I thought he kind of got a raw deal at uh, Oklahoma City. And uh, I know one of the reasons, at least in theory, that Washington hired him was maybe to have an inside in getting Kevin Durant. But, uh, gosh, he's done uh, just fine uh, there on his own. It's uh, really good to see. Yeah, thanks for the call. Um, I like Scott Brooks. He landed on his feet. He went to a, a team that was got a nice roster and uh, a chance to compete in that conference, I think, for a, a long time. And John Wall has, if he hadn't already broken through, he is a superstar. He is uh, a guy worth the price of admission to watch. I remember I got a chance to watch him in college down in Bloomington, Indiana-Kentucky game, and I've talked about that game before because Kentucky was number one and Indiana was terrible. This is, you know, what, four or five years ago now, maybe more. And it was a two-point game at halftime. And we're all excited, like, wow, I can't believe this. And then Wall just took over. Single-handedly took over that game. And that was the first time I really saw what this guy might be. And I really followed him ever since. And, and you watch him play now, and he's, you know, one hand, the best point guards. Who are they? He's on that one hand. He's a top-five point guard. And, and his battle with Isaiah Thomas is really going to be fun to watch. But Scott Brooks landed in a spot where he had a superstar like that, and he's made the most of it. Well, he went to a situation where he has some good players. You know, Bradley Bill is, is, is a very good basketball player. You know, Gore Todd has, has proven that, you know, he belongs at this level. And John Wall has, has matured, you know, as a, as a point guard. Not only trying to use his speed and quickness to make his offense work, now he has slowed the game down to a point where he can involve his teammates as well. We have to break. We'll talk Western Conference playoffs in the next hour. Uh, John and Mark, your calls are next as we uh, return to NFL draft conversation, talk about what the Vikings and Packers have done and, and what they might do today. Both teams very busy with 13 picks between them. Hour number two in the zone right after these. You're we are back, 8.56 on a Saturday morning. You are in the zone on the fan. Trent Tucker, Dave Sinekin with you. One hour in the books. One hour to go before we uh, hand off to the debut of T to Green with the common man, Dan Cole. He's on 10 to noon. Then it's uh, draft coverage all afternoon, beginning at noon with uh, PA, Pete Bursich, Ben Lieber, live from the U.S. Bank Stadium, the Fan Fest going on, uh, open to the public at U.S. Bank Stadium today. Uh, they'll break down the Vikings' day three picks from noon to three, and then they'll hand off to uh, JG and Meat Sauce, who will uh, take it from three to five. So five solid hours of NFL draft coverage on the fan NHL tonight, Penn's Caps, um, they drop the puck a little after 7 o'clock tonight. That might be, yeah, that might be must-see TV tonight. Sidney Crosby, Alex Ovechkin, you know, two of the game's big-time players going head-to-head. Well, there is no NBA today. I know. Very rare spring day with no playoff action. Two games tomorrow. Um, Celtics Wizards will uh, start their series tomorrow, and then Game 7, Clippers, Jazz. Get to phone lines uh, in just a second. I'll just talk about Thursday night uh, because it was, I believe, and I've watched the draft for many a year, Trent, uh, back when it was Saturday mornings, you know, and, and uh, the draft started on Saturday morning. It's a huge and it was production weekend. Now. It's what, three days, it four is, days, it, what, how many days? Yeah, three days, uh, Thursday, Friday, prime time, and then today beginning at 11. But I've never seen more drama 
in uh, the first 10, 12 picks than what we saw Thursday night where three quarterbacks go, all are traded up for, beginning with the Bears, um, incomprehensibly giving up what they gave up to go from three to two. I, You can mock John Lynch for getting the job uh, as GM with no experience. He fleeced the Bears. He got them to believe that he was going to take Trubisky or, or someone was going to trade up to get Trubisky, and the Bears give up the farm to grab a guy that's made 13 career starts. How good is he? Have you seen him play a lot? No, I haven't seen him. 13 starts for you. I guess you haven't seen him. I have not seen him play a lot. Um, I have no idea if he's going to be any good. I would have taken Deshaun Watson first, and he ends up being the third guy to go. What what was interesting was both the Chiefs and Texans move up big time from like the mid-20s to go up into the top 10 to get uh, quarterbacks, or 12, whatever the number was, and gave up next year's number one, other pick, I mean, they gave up big-time quantity to grab their quarterbacks. The Chiefs, a playoff team with Alex Smith. Uh, people believe they've kind of reached their ceiling with Alex Smith. They grabbed Patrick Mahomes, who uh, many likened to Brett Favre skill-wise as far as being a gunslinger who can make all the throws but needs to be reined in a bit. And they, they feel like with Andy Reid and the system there, a great spot for him to sit back, doesn't have to play this year, let Alex Smith do his thing and see what you got. But I love what Houston did. That was a team that's a playoff team. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. That has nobody at quarterback. I mean, they're going in with Tom Savage. They got rid of Brock Osweiler. And they just say, you know what? We're going to grab Deshaun Watson. Oh, all he does on a big stage is show what a winner he is. 32-3 and three as a starter. And, yeah, there are some concerns about his accuracy and all that. Bill O'Brien, quarterback coach, has not had a lot of success at that position in Houston. Trent, I know you love Deshaun Watson. Somebody wow. tweeted me because um, they went out and got, uh, oh, they have DeAndre Hopkins from Clemson as well. Um, it's got a Clemson West in Houston right now. So Clemson Tiger guy has got to be excited about Deshaun Watson landing there. That's the team I'm going to watch. And it, does Watson start day one? Uh, but I give them a lot of credit for rolling the dice and saying, we can't wait another year. We don't love what we have. Let's go get Deshaun Watson. He's the third quarterback taken. He's already said, I'm going to make anybody who drafts a quarterback ahead of me pay. Uh, I like Watson's chances of, uh, with that team around him, he doesn't have to be the stud. Um, so a lot of drama around the quarterbacks. I think Watson ends up in a, in a great spot for his future. Well, like you said, he doesn't have to be the stud, but he, but, but he has stud ability. Yes, he does. And he's, a, if that's a word, I... I'm, I'm going to go with it. I like it. <laughs> but, uh, you know, what he was able to show against Alabama in the national championship mm-hmm. game because, you know, throughout that game, Alabama laid the hat on him. I mean, they were hitting him from every angle. But for him to to pick himself up, not to lose his composure, to stay within the game and find a way to, to beat perhaps the best team in college football last year, you know, in uh, in Alabama, showed me a lot about about his toughness and, and his mental approach to compete at a very high level. And, I believe that the Texans, you know, I don't know if they got, you know, the best player in the draft, but they got one of the best players in the draft. Yeah, I really am bullish on what Watson might do. 
Uh, the other big surprise Thursday was how many offensive skill players went in the top 12, which you know, usually you see linemen and defense, the cornerbacks, safeties, those guys go. You had three receivers go, but in the top nine. And the that game was, is changing. So. That was a surprise, though. I think a lot of mock drafts thought the guys like Corey Davis, Mike Williams, uh, John Ross, those guys might kind of leak down. I thought even one of them might be there for Green Bay at 29. They were all gone in the top 10. Right, the game is changing. I mean, you, you've you let me know this over the last few years that, you know, it's a, it's a different approach to, to the offensive side of the ball. I mean, you need guys now that can make plays down the field. And if you have skilled guys that you think who can come in right away and make some sort of an impact, you know, you can't wait. You can't pass them up because if you – if you try to gamble, as, as, as you've mentioned, you know, uh, play Russian roulette here or there and hoping that these guys might be there at, at, at a later time and, and you miss the guy that you're looking for, could be bad for your franchise for many years to come. For sure. You saw two running backs go in the top eight. And um, interesting, when all those offensive guys going early, uh, it made for a run on defense yesterday, Trent. Uh, a record was set. 19 defensive backs were drafted in the first two rounds. 29 already through, what, 96 picks? So nearly one-third of all players drafted were defensive backs. And that speaks to what you were just saying. With uh, the way the rules are set up for offenses to be able to move up and down the field, you can't have uh, too many defensive backs. And uh, you see that it's all about speed and all about size and, and getting guys that can do that have both of those qualities to try to compete in, uh, in today's NFL couple things I found interesting last night involved running backs. Uh, Alvin Kamara was a guy I was kind of hoping Green Bay might uh, jump on the bottom of the second round. Uh, they went for the safety, Josh Jones. The Saints end up trading up, trading a second-round pick next year to move up into the third round to take Alvin Kamara out of Tennessee. This is the team that signed Adrian Peterson three or four days ago. They still have Mark Ingram. How do you think AP feels today after signing with the Saints knowing he's going to have to share time with Mark Ingram. And now they trade a number of picks to grab another running back, Alvin Kamara, who looks like he will be their running back of the future. Um, if I'm Adrian Peterson, I want to redo. And I'm going to say, you know what, I'll take my chances and wait till the draft's over and find a team that really wants to use me. How much playing time is AP going to get with uh, two other guys in the stable? I, I don't think he's worried about that. You know, you know? He's a competitor. I mean, he, he believes right now that he's still, you know, the best running back in the game. Now, we may not, we may not believe that, you know, but he's going to go in, in, in into New Orleans and, and, and thinking that, hey, you know, this is this is my opportunity to prove that I am the best running back on this team, and I, you know, and I'm I'm Adrian Peterson. I have shown throughout my career when I'm healthy, you know, what kind of running back I can be. We don't know how much is still left in the tank, you know, after some serious knee injuries here or there, but he's not worried about competition, and that, and we've all seen that throughout his career. He's one of the, the best competitors that we I think that we've ever seen to come into this league to play at that position. Interesting. They they traded Brandon Cooks away, and um, they've loaded up on running back. So maybe Drew B Drew Brees will be more ground or competition is good. No, I know, but I, I don't know. I I would it's think good for you. can't be excited about the fact they traded up for a another running back. Well, it's a it's it's a young guy who's coming into the league. You know, that's going to have to learn what it's all about to play at this level. Adrian Peterson is is, is not. I don't think he's worried about that. I don't think he's concerned at all. The other cool running back story last night, James Conner, the um, the running back from Pitt who was a cancer survivor, yeah. Hodgkin's lymphoma. Um, he's had a remarkable career. He had a bad injury early in his career, 
as he's rehabbing that injury, they find a mass in his chest. Uh. He has cancer. He misses a year. Comes back last year, cancer-free, has a big-time productive season. I actually, in my mock draft at theheadcheese.com, thought Green Bay might take him today, round four, round five. He goes to the Pittsburgh Steelers last night in round three, staying home where he was a star in college. It'll be a great story. Oh, the tears around him and his uh, group around him. Uh, that was a touching moment for where he has been to know that the Steelers uh, bring him aboard. They also added the USC star receiver, uh, Schuster Smith. Uh, so they really attacked uh, offense after grabbing T.J. Watt in the first round. That was uh, one of the heartwarming stories last night. That's why yeah. this draft is so fun. Uh, the kid the Packers took in the third round last night, track, uh, Trent, Montrevious Adams, defensive tackle, Auburn. Uh, he's 300 pounds, and he ran a 4'8". So he's really quick for a big, big uh, man. No doubt. He, there was a snapshot of him on the phone with the Packers holding his baby, I think a boy, who was born about 10 minutes earlier. Wow. He becomes a father and within 10 or 15 minutes becomes an NFL player. That's uh, that's a daily double that's tough to top. What about the guy from, from Denver that had his kid with him as well? Wasn't yeah, both. Yeah. The offensive yeah. tackle brought his uh, young baby uh, boy up on stage with yeah. him. That's a kid, a guy that very troubled past as right, well. no doubt about it. And you know, uh, so, and he's uh, hopefully going to become a man. And nothing like fatherhood to turn you into a man pretty quick. Well, huh? that's true. I mean, you know, some of these guys, you know, and some people deal with some, some very difficult circumstances, you know, but – you know, they found a will and found a way, you know, to, to stay in there and to overcome. And and things have have improved to, to, to show them a, a brighter day. So I, I give a lot of credit to them for being able to, to deal with some, some difficult difficult challenges and, and find a way to overcome them. Ten of the zone lines, John and Mark have uh, been holding for quite some time. Let's see what they have on their minds. Uh, I'll start with John in Minneapolis. Good morning, sir. Good morning, Mr. Seneca. Good morning, Mr. Tucker. John, what's up, my man? Uh, happy NFL Draft Day with a little bit of NBA. Yes, day to you, Mr. Tucker. All right. Uh, let's get to the NFL Draft. Of course, you had Paul Allen on earlier talking about Dalvin Cook. Uh, can I get my opinion on him? I think you're going to without whether we say yes or no. Uh, I see a little bit of three football players rolled up into one Dalvin Cook. Chester Taylor, because he can catch the balls out the backfield. A little bit of Warwick Dunn, which he happens to come from Florida State. And a sprinkle of Barry Sanders, because he likes to break loose, as Paul Allen tried to tell you. He ain't getting rid of Mr. Sinigan. That's <laughs> so wrong. Yeah, I guess so. Asking that man to give up his trademark. That's so wrong. But uh, I thought it was an AP thing. I, th- I figured he was going to come up with something different. It's a Vikings thing. Stop it. All right. I guess I learned my lesson. Uh, as far as the Vikings go, when you get a Dave Remington award winner on your squad, uh, center position set. Uh, we don't need to be trying to put Berger. Bye-bye, Berger. You move to the next position. He's That's set. But uh, – the defensive line still needs to be addressed. I heard you talking about the dude from Auburn. Not a bad pick, Kenny King. Not a bad pick, Mr. Sinigan. But the Vikings need to address that offensive line, that right guard position. Get a fat boy. Find somebody big. And speaking of fat boys, since y'all have computer access, Mr. Sinigan, Mr. Tucker, would y'all check in to see if Jay Howard is still out there unemployed, the defensive lineman from the Chiefs? Uh, if you put him on the dime with Linville Joseph, I like to see a team try to run up the middle. NBA, 
uh, the Boston-Washington series is going to be good. I, I don't know about the Houston-San Antonio series, but it's going to be very interesting to watch them four squads. Uh, Mr. Tucker, uh, the thing about uh, Hoiberg, I think I mentioned that some time ago. This man, they talking about firing him. I'm like, that's so wrong. This man left Ohio State for this. I mean, Iowa State for this. I just don't think that's right. He ought to really consider leaving Chicago and going back to Iowa State. You fellas have a nice day. Uh, let's go Vikings and Mississippi again. That's so wrong, trying to do your recon on Paul <laughs> Allen, trying to find out who we going to draft. That's so wrong. Y'all have a nice morning. All right, see you, John. You know, for all I knew, PA was ready for a new signature call. You know, he's loose. That's Adrian Peterson, but I guess not. He made it very clear that's his phrase. It's not going anywhere, whether it's Latavius Murray, Jarek McKinnon, or now Dalvin Cook. Uh, he's loose. will be uh, part of the vernacular for, uh, for Vikings games this year. Freddie Hoiberg, you think he's better suited to go back to college, or do you think uh, he's just in a tough situation, he's going to ride through that, well, what do you think Hoiberg's future is? Well, if he wants to be an NBA coach, and these are some of the things that you have to deal with. Uh, his team did not play well last night at all. Uh, I know you lose a player like Rajon Rondo. That's a that's, that's a huge loss to your team at this time of the year. He's hard to replace. Yep. But from a competitive standpoint, the Chicago Bulls did not compete last night. And when you get beat by close to 20-some points on your home floor, in, in, in an elimination game, and your team is not fighting tooth and nails to stay alive, that's a bad sign for, for any coach, you know, to be in. Yeah, it's not a good look, no. for sure. Uh, we'll see if he survives it. Uh, I'm a Freddie fan. I think he's a good coach. Um, but his temperament might be better suited for college. And what I mean by that is he might be too nice a guy. You know, it's that's I think he has the, I think he has the right temperament, you know, for the NBA game. But at some point in time, players have to ask themselves, you know, what kind of team do we want to have? Uh, the personality of a coach is what it is. But it's still your job to come to, the, to practice with the right mentality, to set the tone, you know, you know, for the team if you're the leader. Now, Jimmy Butler said he preferred Coach Tibbs because Coach Tibbs, Coach Tibbs was a tough guy, mm-hmm. you know, who was always on him. You know, but at some point in time, if you're the best player, you have to grow into that role where you become the leader and you set the tone on how you want to see your team perform night in and night out. Let's grab one more before we pause. Mark in Egan, thanks for holding. You're in the zone. Yes, uh, Trent, I always appreciate your insights. I'm going to leave you out of this conversation. This is between me and... You and Seneca? The other half. We're going to have a nice talk. Okay. And if he doesn't want to have a talk with me, that's fine, but we're going to have a talk. Yeah, okay. my finger's on the drop button, so let's go. All right, let's go. Here's my <laughs> point. Let's look at point of attack, Dave. Point of attack. I'm talking about offensive linemen. Okay. Which I'm going to tell you right now, Green Bay has always been fantastic at that. They've always been good. And when I look at the point of attack, I see a new offensive lineman with the Vikings coming into play. Now, that's been the issue with us as far as maintaining our drives and, and getting to make sure that we, we score points. So bottom line is this, Dave. I think with the new running back, and we have yet to see it yet, we have yet to understand that, 
I think we have a chance to uh, to make some things work here this year. But more importantly, what I mean by work is 10, 15 yard games, which we didn't do before because Adrian was slammed at the with eight people at the the front end, right? So they had the front end absolutely blocked. So now you're looking at a situation where we could possibly do what Aaron Rodgers does. Follow me, Dave? Uh, kind is, of. What, 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 is, what can well, you do that, now? That is what Aaron Rodgers does is he he makes plays at the line of scrimmage. He, he sees he sees what's going on in the defensive end, and then he, he gets out of his comfort zone, and he makes plays. Yeah, but now, I think, you know, Rodgers has – Bakhtiari and Bulaga as his two tackles, which he feels really good about. The Vikings right. just brought in two free agent tackles, Rummers and Reef, and the jury's out. I mean, those guys were available for a reason, and tackles are priceless, and teams are willing to let them walk. Uh, there's no guarantees uh, that the Vikings have drastically improved at tackle. They may have, but nobody knows yet. And if they haven't, then I think there's still going to be some serious issues for Bradford in this offense. Agreed, my friend. I, I'm agreeing with you 100%. What I'm saying is now we have a person from Ohio State that can play the tackle side. So now we have a little bit more freedom. Well, he's a center, though. Well, well, that's what they're saying. And but if not, he he's a guard. He's not a tackle. And he's, he's a guard, too. He can play guard. Yeah, but he, yeah, right. He's not a tackle. Agreed. Uh, no, I'm sorry. If I said tackle, I apologize. Yeah, you did. I, I'm talking about a guard, yeah. So you have a person who can do outside of the center position to a guard, correct? Yes. So with that in mind, I think we have a little bit more freedom. I don't think we can compete yet with Aaron. You know, I, I respect Rodgers. He's, he's a Hall of Famer. So in order for us to play with that team, I think we have to make sure that Cook gets underneath, which he will. He's a small guy. He's big. But they're going to find a way – to find five to ten, ten yard outputs, and and they're going to fake inside, and they're going to do whatever they have to do. But my point to you is this: I still think uh, Green Bay has a great team. I still think they have the better team. However, I'm not going to say that the Vikings can't creep up. That's all I'm saying. Well, I, I'm not going to say that either. And I appreciate the call. I I think today's vital, and I don't you know Trent's more into the veterans. I get that. Um, but when I look at day three, this is where Thompson has made his mark. Outside of Bulaga, the Packers' offensive line is all day three picks. And, you know, last year with Beavers, that was a, a strikeout on a day three pick. And, and he's got seven guys today, and he's probably going to draft at least one more lineman. Uh, it would behoove the, uh, the team to, to find a lineman that's going to actually contribute because they're out there. said it earlier. Uh, three out of the four rookies that made the Pro Bowl last year were day three picks. And obviously beyond the draft today – uh, all teams are going to add 10 to 15 undrafted guys, and a few of those guys are going to stick on the roster as well. So uh, making those picks late last night where, where Spielman traded back and then traded out of the third round to add picks uh, is exactly what he had to do. He needs inventory. He's got seven players to add today. Probably two or three will be offensive. The rest will be defensive. And he's got a hit. He's got a hit on the defensive line. He's got a hit on the offensive line. And... Uh, a safety as well. And if uh, if he can bat at least 50% with his guys today to be contributors this season, then the Vikings are going to be a stronger, deeper team. I think the two picks they made last night, I said at the top of the show, 
home run potential for both those guys. Dalvin Cook, literally a home run hitter every time he touches the ball. Uh, he is, uh, if, if he can mature and adjust to life as a well-compensated professional football player, uh, there is no running back in this draft, I don't think, with more natural ability uh, and home run ability than Dalvin Cook. And, and Elfline, sturdy, dependable center. Uh, the Packers were the last team to draft an Ohio State center in Corey Lindsley. He was a day three pick. Elfline was a the guy they moved up to get uh, perhaps a center now for the next 10, 12 years. Uh, he has that kind of potential. So offensively, the Vikes have done a terrific job. Big, big responsibility today. When we come back, we'll talk about kind of players the Vikes should look at today, as well as the Packers, as uh, they have big presence today. Packers on the clock, Vikings pick second. Uh, it'll all start about 11 o'clock, and we'll chat more about the NFL draft right after these. You're in. All right, we're back, 925. Very poor clock management on, I, on my part. Uh, quick segment here as uh, we roll on in the zone on the fan with you till the top of the hour today. Uh, lots more NFL draft talk before we are done. Uh, Two-hour siesta from the draft as Tita Green makes his triumphant return today. Common man Dan Cole up at Grandview Lodge uh, with the first uh, episode this season of Tita Green. And then uh, draft coverage all afternoon, noon to 5, from U.S. Bank Stadium today. Noon, it's P.A., Ben Lieber, Pete Bursich, cast of thousands, noon to 3, catching you up on what will be a busy fourth round for the Purple with three picks in the fourth round, including the second pick today. In all seven-pick schedule, although Paul told us early second segment, uh, PA joined us, podcastable, downloadable after our show is over. He would not be surprised, he said, if uh, Rick Spielman moved out of that pick to acquire a perhaps a third or fourth rounder next year. Uh, no fourth-round pick uh, in next year's draft. So might try to recoup that uh, with uh, two other picks to come in the fourth round. Uh, we'll chat about best players available today for our two teams in a moment, but let's... Uh, grab a couple of regulars who have checked in with us to talk about what their favorite football teams have done, uh, beginning with our good friend Clemson Tiger guy who can chat about his favorite Clemson Tigers who have been drafted and what his 49ers did by fleecing the Bears and um, letting them pick Trubisky ahead of them in the first round. Good morning, Clemson. Hey, what's up, fellas? Appreciate you having me on. Yeah, absolutely. You know, Davey, I, I can't tell you how many times i've heard the word fleecing in regard to that niners trade with the bears uh it's funny because i actually texted one of my buddies and uh for some reason i guess i got to upgrade my buddy list here he didn't know what the word fleece meant <laughs> so i've been i've been pointing out every uh twitter feed you know a little, little tweet that i get that mentions the word fleecing and uh texting him mercilessly uh since then because there have been a lot of them i mean that was just amazing i mean i can make fun of the bears for taking mitchell trubisky over my guy watson but i can also make fun of them for giving two-thirds a fourth to move up one spot to a to you know when the niners clearly weren't going to take trubisky or they would have done it there yeah so. so your guy your team the 49ers uh gets solomon thomas out of stanford who many projected they would take it two anyway and so they get him at three. They get all the draft picks. And then they roll the dice at uh, at 31 with Reuben Foster, uh, many believe a top five talent, who um, some shoulder injury concerns apparently came up late and scared some teams off. There might be a, a thought that he might need shoulder surgery. But for a team like the 49ers, who don't care what happens this year, uh, they can. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. 
This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. No. Uh, just be terrible and then get their pick of uh, what should be a very strong quarterback class next year. Um, I think those two picks can be foundation building blocks for the turnaround of your favorite football team. Yeah, I agree. I mean, uh, I, I think Lynch just played the uh, the first round masterfully. And, and look, I mean, Foster, you know, he had some off the field issues too. He got sent home from the combine yep. uh, for some poor behavior. Um but in terms of just sheer talent, like you said, uh, he does have the rotator cuff concern. But, I mean, this kid is just a monster. And, I mean, I, I saw him in person twice. I mean, it, when we played him this year, you know, that obviously that Bama team's loaded with uh, NFL prospects. He was the guy that stood out. I mean, he pounded Deshaun over and over. Uh, he hits anything that moves. And, and I like the fact that he came in saying, hey, uh, Patrick Willis is someone I look up to because they, their styles compare favorably. Now, that, those are huge shoes to fill, obviously. But like you said, a lot of people seem to think he's a top five talent. So I uh, love the way Lynch played the first round. Um, the C.J. Beathard, the kid out of Iowa, that was a little bit of a head scratcher. Yep. Uh, so, I, I, you know, we'll kind of see. But I, but I do like the way he maneuvered. You know, you mentioned the Vikes possibly picking up some draft picks next year. Uh, Lynch maneuvered last night so that the Niners get, uh, I think it's an extra second rounder next year. It might be an extra third. Um, but he's kind of loaded, you know, like you said, we're, we're years away from being competitive. So it's all about just accumulating talent across the board. And then uh, I'll just end with this, guys. Um, I mean, how about my boy Deshaun? I mean, could he have landed at a possible better spot than the Texans? You got the number one defense in the league, and you're going to get a healthy J.J. Watt back. You already have a 1,000-yard rusher, and they drafted Freeman out of Texas to add to that backfield. And then, of course, you got my boy DeAndre Hopkins, who has been a top-five receiver in this league with absolute garbage at quarterback, uh, and also Braxton Miller and Will Fuller, two young uh, kids that they drafted last year. So I, it broke my heart when the Niners passed on him. Uh, but as far as just pulling for him and being happy for him, he couldn't have landed in a better situation. I agree. Get a Houston Texans cap uh, forthwith. You're going to be uh, a Texans fan for a long time. Absolutely. And, hey, Dalvin Cook, uh, if he can keep himself you know, straight off the field, that's a home, like you said, that's a literal home run hit uh, for, for the Vikes. And, and think about this, guys. He was committed to Clemson at one point. Right. Imagine Deshaun yep. handing to him the last couple of years. Could only dream. Maybe he would have won a national championship. Oh, he already did. You didn't even need him. That's true. You didn't even need the guy. You were fine. You I'll, had uh, Gallman. I like the way you today. Think, Maybe Gallman lands with the Packers at some point today. You never know. Hey, Gallman's a solid pick, Davey. I mean, he's he's not flashy. He's not a home run hit. But as far as a workhorse guy that can be a complimentary back, I mean, I, I love Gallman. You won't find a tougher runner in the draft than Wayne Gallman. And as far as pass protection, too, keeping Aaron Rodgers upright, I mean, he was so critical to keeping Deshaun healthy. He He's wonderful. Most guys struggle with that coming into the league at the running back position. He's already a bona fide, great pass protector. Thanks, Clemson. Enjoy around uh, four through seven today. Always fun catching up with you. All right, fellas. Talk to you later. Clemson Tiger guy. We have to pause. Jamar, Adam, your calls are next as Trent and I bat around uh, what might happen today. Final uh, day of uh, the NFL draft in the zone. Return. What's it all about? 
All right, we're back. 936, final segment, this edition of In the Zone on the Fan. Talking NFL draft. Uh, quickly, though, before we get back to the calls and the draft, Trent, I just want to get your thoughts. We don't know who Golden State's going to play yet. Game 7 tomorrow, Clippers Jazz in L.A. Uh, coin flip to see who gets to be the sacrificial lamb of the Warriors. But the other Western Conference semifinal is set. Spurs, Rockets, uh, Game 1 Monday night. This is must-see TV. Two completely contrasting styles, right? You've got the the run-and-gun, three-point shooting Rockets against the steady, move-the-ball-around, defensive-minded Spurs led by Kawhi Leonard. Uh, what do you see in this series, and do you get—I don't— I don't think you're going to give the Rockets much of a chance, but what do you think they need to do to spring the upset against the Spurs? Well, the Rockets have a great chance because offensively they can score, and the three-point shot is a huge weapon for them. And and James Harden is a problem for for most teams. You know, the matchups this year between the Spurs and the Rockets, they were very, very close. I think the Spurs came out on top. But offensively for, for the Spurs, they're going to have more room to operate. Because Houston would not present the same type of defensive pressure, you know, that Memphis showed in the first round. So offensively, I think LaMarcus Aldridge is going to be more involved on in the offensive end. I think he has to play a significant role for the Spurs if they want to move on. If Tony Parker can't continue to provide, he's been good and, and show what he's shown in the first round. You know, that's a that's a major major plus for the Spurs. But Kawhi Leonard, you know, and, and some of those. Uh, games, especially in what four and six. I mean, on the road, he was he was fantastic. You know, coming down the stretch, making big plays after big plays. But the Rockets will present a huge, huge problem for the San Antonio Spurs. But you've got the Spurs advancing, correct? I think Spurs are winning six. Six? I think so. Be a fun series. I'm I'm very much looking forward to watching that. Uh, on the subject of basketball, let's welcome Adam, listening to us up in Grand Forks. Good morning, Adam. Thank you. Thank you. Hi, good morning. Good morning. Hey, I hate to do a complete 180 on you guys, but uh, um, no, we I love can't it. take any more pointless drafts. What's that? Uh, no, we, no, no, we love the 180 that you're pulling. Yeah, we can do it. Yeah, <laughs> I, can't, I can't take any more pointless draft talk. And Trent, I'm going to bet money you can't either. Pointless? <laughs> <laughs> pointless? What do you mean pointless? I'm with you, man. I'm with you. You guys are nuts. I was hoping you could talk about the great Golden Gophers basketball team. I just wanted to know your... What you're thinking for next year, how they're looking. And it was a lot of fun to watch last year. I hope they can pull something together again. That's All right. Nice All right. A quick, uh, quick look at the Gopher basketball team, which, uh, you know, should be, you know, Michigan State with Miles Bridges coming back will be the favorite heading into the Big Ten season. That was a surprise that he decided not to go into the draft that loads Michigan State. But, Trent, the Gophers should be considered a contender, right? Yeah, they should have some excitement coming into this season. Uh, great to the confidence, how they finish things up. Uh, you know, they were able to put a nice run together toward the end of the Big Ten season to get themselves to, to the big dance. So uh, bringing in some, some new talent, some young, fresh talent to see if they can add to the, to the core of their uh, returning players. So, uh, you know, things are looking good at this point for the Gophers moving forward. Uh, I'm excited to see what type of team they can put together next year. Yeah, I mean, virtually everybody's back, so you've got almost an intact team and some really nice-looking recruits, including, uh, was it Isaiah Washington out of New York? Uh, the top New York City player comes to the Gophers uh, to take a chance at uh, getting some playing time at, at the most important position. Um, Patino's recruiting class looks to be stellar, and this is a team now that, um, you know, I think most Gopher fans feel all right, expectations are top three Big Ten team, second weekend. Um, let's get to the Sweet 16 with this team. 
and see what can happen. And those are big goals from where this program was three years ago. But in light of the turnaround and the fact that you know basically everyone's back, and that's just such a rarity, um, they're going to be up there in, in, a, in a year where there's a lot of uncertainty. Some coaching changes in the Big Ten. Wisconsin loses pretty much everybody from this year's team. So they're going to drop down a bit. You uh, think. Yeah, you never know. They, <laughs> they tend to reload. Right. Um, and Indiana's got three guys that might be testing the waters, and if they decide to go pro, then Archie Miller is going to kind of start from scratch. So uh, I think a good opportunity for your Gophers to uh, to make a move uh, this year. And, you know, again, then the worry will be, does Patino stick around if they have the success that everybody hopes they'll have? We'll worry about that uh, 10, 11 months from now. All right, I've made them hold for a long time. Nobody really cares what the Cowboys did. Uh, they went defense, 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 defense. Uh, which is what they needed to do. Uh, I'm sure he's excited that his Spurs are alive and his Cowboys are drafting. Jamar joins us from Brooklyn Park. Good morning. Well, it's been a while. How you doing, homies? Good to talk yeah, to man, you. What's up? You know what? Let me say this. I, the the highlight for the draft has been for me was Drew Pearson giving it to the Eagle fans. That was that awesome. Was beautiful. That was oh, fantastic. Oh. If you haven't seen it, <laughs> Google Drew Pearson draft and just enjoy oh. it. That was one of the greatest moments of last night. That was so unexpected and beautiful, man. I had, I had my son run out of the bedroom to come watch it, and it was all over the media, uh, social media atmosphere. It was fantastic. Yes, please Google it. That was the best thing. I mean, and I, he just reveled in the fact that he was being booed the whole time. It was fantastic. But let me say this quickly about the Cowboys. You're right, Davey. They went on defense. I'm extremely happy you picked up a, a pass rusher, an effective pass rusher. Yeah, uh, we're going to get rid of Skandrick, thank goodness. Um, so I, I'm pretty happy. I think to, we need to continue to go uh, defense like we have. We picked up another corner yesterday. Uh, so I think that the Cowboys know that in order to uh, capitalize on what we did good last year, you have to. You lost five key defensive starters. You have to get back on defense. Trent, I can't wait to the fact that you're absolutely right. I was telling my homeboy the other day that I don't think we'll be able to stop them uh, hitting their threes. That's something that we won't be able to do. But long as uh, Kawhi is so good, matches up well against Harden, and can contain them a little bit, I think we're fine. The one key aspect to us this year, Trent, is we are healthy. And if we continue to be healthy – I don't see us being able to be stopped because the only thing that stopped us was the fact that uh, Tony Parker didn't show up for us and neither did L.A. I think both of them are doing playing the roles that they're supposed to play, but being healthy is the ultimate thing that is uh, going to guide us to the championship. All right, how about Thanks the Spurs? The call. Thanks for the call, Jamar. Um, I think one thing that can stop the Spurs is the Golden State Warriors, but that's uh, for a, about two weeks from now. Uh, as I said earlier, I think this matchup's cool. Does, will Leonard guard Harden? Is that the matchup we're going to see? Not the entire game, but yeah. here and there he will. But you still have to design a certain type of package on defense to slow him down. I mean, Kawhi Leonard is a, is a wonderful defensive player, but James Harden is so good with the basketball. When he handles the ball well, he can use his body well to draw fouls. And the one thing the Spurs cannot afford to have is Kawhi Leonard sitting next to Greg Popovich. That's a bad deal for the mm-hmm. Spurs. So when you you have to respect, you have to respect when the guy is that good offensively. You know, we all know, yeah, there are some wonderful athletes on the defensive end. I know you want to pump the guy's confidence up. I know you want to build his ego up to say, hey, you can go out and defend this guy. I'm, I'm selling you this time and time again. But let's be realistic here. 
when a guy is that good on the offensive end, no one guy can contain him. It's going to take a total team defensive effort to slow him down, and you're going to have to design something to see if you can contain him. You're not going to stop him for the entire game. No. But you have to slow him down just enough, especially in the latter part of the game, to force him to do something different. NBA playoffs resume tomorrow with a game seven and a game one. And uh, next weekend, of course, will be uh, wall-to-wall NBA playoff talk. And we'll uh, we'll look back at what happened this weekend, the NFL draft, as the dust clears. And, um, Don't forget about hockey. Hey, NHL playoffs are still going on, for crying out loud. I know our beloved Wild are not participating, but there's some wonderful talent. You know, on that big sheet of ice, they're going to participate for a few more weeks as well. There are two people sitting within 12 feet of you right now. One behind the glass is nodding his head vigorously at that comment, and I'm doing the... <sighs> Couldn't care less. That's some of the best talent that's, that's going to be showcased. Okay, enjoy it. On the face of the earth. All I know is, with the wild done, there's no fighting for the remote. Poker night, Wednesday nights. I can the watch my NBA playoffs. Sidney Crosby. Um, Must see TV. You and your boys can can settle in and watch. I um I will not be joining you. Don't invite me over. I don't care what treats you have in you. store. Texas. You, you Ovechkin can... comes down the left side. They lose somebody. Slap shot. Oh, he scores! What a play by Alex Ovechkin. You'll be watching Penn's Caps tonight. I will. Okay. At some point in time. Fantastic. There's no basketball. There is no basketball. I'm not a draft guru. Nope. Draft. So... Uh, I don't know how long the draft draft should be over by tonight. I think it ends so, around. See, that's that's as a reason why there's no basketball tonight. Ovechkin and Crosby. No, that's not it at all. It's a bunch of game sixes <laughs> into the series, and there's no game seven. Ovechkin and Crosby. Uh-huh. Um, all right, let's uh, finish up final of seven or eight minutes here, looking ahead to what we will expect to see today. As I've mentioned, PA joined us the second segment, and you'll hear him all afternoon today, noon to three, with a draft special from U.S. Bank Stadium with Bursich and Lieber. So fantastic draft coverage for all things purple. As it stands now, they have three Fourth-round picks, uh, seven picks in all today. And uh, Paul hinted that he wouldn't be surprised if Trader Rick, who made four trades last night, twice up and twice back, may trade out of that second pick in the fourth round to add capital next season to replace a fourth-round pick that I think was part of the Bradford trade. Uh, they don't have a number four next year. So if if the Vikes stay at 109, um, they have a lot of uh, choices. Obviously, only one guy will be gone, Green Bay. Picks first. I'll get to that in a moment. PA mentioned Dorian Johnson, a guard, uh, going another offensive line pick early in the fourth round would not be a surprise. He also likes Desmond King. Uh, Big Ten fans are familiar with him. Cornerback slash safety from Iowa. Um, I have to think Mike Zimmer has to be pounding the table for defense today, adding a linebacker to the mix, adding a safety to the mix, and certainly a defensive lineman um, with Sharif Floyd's future certainly in question. I don't know if there's a a big-time defensive lineman, uh, kid from Iowa, Jaleel Johnson, uh, might be a guy they look at early. Um, but, you know, you can discount, ah, it's day three, it's a crapshoot, 50-50. Um, Dak Prescott was a fourth-rounder. There were three pro bowlers drafted in the fourth round and beyond last year. Good GMs um, fortify their roster on day three. I've said it often, you're probably sick of it. Um, basically, the Packers' whole offensive line was built on day three outside of Ryan Bulaga. So, um, you can find quality players that can make your team and possibly start for your team today. And uh, the Vikings have seven shots at it if they keep them all. And you've got to hit, you know, f- at least four of these guys have to become uh, contributors if you want to have a successful draft. Last night, they had Dalvin Cook. A um, little bit of a 
a gamble just be with the injury history and some of the off-field stuff. But where he was at 41, like I said, I was I was kind of crossing my fingers Green Bay might just grab him at the top of round two last night. And they reportedly were debating between him and the uh, six-foot-three-inch corner Kevin King. Uh, clearly a bigger need for Green Bay was to get a guy that can match up with Julio Jones and Des Bryant. Uh, the Green Bay didn't have a guy in their roster to compete against number one receivers. That's a lot to throw at a rookie, but uh, at 6'3", 200, and 4'4", speed, Kevin King is seen as a guy that could be a number one corner. I liked his teammate from Washington, Sidney Jones, who was considered maybe the best corner in this draft, Trent, tore his Achilles during his pro day uh, out probably another six months. He ended up going a little bit later in the second round. Oh, for sure. Um, but I wouldn't have had a problem with Green Bay taking Sidney Jones with the first pick, knowing he may not contribute day one, but knowing... He's being compared to Marcus Peters, his ex-teammate at with Washington. Torn Achilles, you'd have been okay with that? Yeah, it's not going to last forever. But, but if you're concerned about a guy that's healthy with a shoulder problem, I'm, I would be a lot more concerned with a guy with a torn uh, Achilles tendon. No question. That's why, I mean, he was a top three corner that was still available in the second round because he's dealing with an injury that... I have to be just somebody else's who is healthy right now yeah. that, that I could have taken at that position as well. And I think that's why Green Bay said, let's take the kid that... That we know is going to play all offseason okay. <laughs> yeah. practice and then get ready to start, uh, especially you know Green Bay schedule. The first three weeks, they've got to face um, Seattle, Atlanta, and Dallas. So Julio, Dez are they on the be schedule. 0-3 when you talked about that. Stop that. They're not going to be 0-3. <laughs> they might be 0-2. I mean, you never know. Well, you know, they got off to a slow start this past yeah, season. Yeah, right? I'm not going to fret too back. much if Aaron we're behind Rice, the He had Vikings. to run the table, right? Correct. He ran the table. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, I mean, you know, it's, it's, not, it's not about how you start. You know, my team got out to a 5-0 and start. We were all giddy. Yes, you were. Right? Go to Philadelphia. Things don't work out well. You know, some, some words came out, you know, that I, I think to set the team back and set the tone for the rest of the season. So, you know, Green Bay was able to finish off strong. So, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's a tough start for the Packers. You know, they could be 1-2 and two, or they could be 0-3. They could be, you know, 3-0, and 2-1. Who knows? Not going to fret too much up. Uh- my team on the clock. It's kind of fun being on the clock back-to-back days. Usually, you know, Green Bay's picking yeah, the bottom of the just round. Just pick the guy and move on for crying out loud. A couple of names to think about for Green Bay. Trent, for the first time in five years, they went defense with their first three picks. We talked about it. Cornerback, safety, and defensive lineman. Um, they might go outside linebacker in the with their first pick here. A couple guys to look at are Carl Lawson from Auburn. would be their second Auburn pick. Or Vince Beagle, the undersized kid from Wisconsin. Uh, could be in play. Uh, I wouldn't mind them finally addressing running back. There's a couple guys I like. Uh, Mixon's teammate at Oklahoma, Sama J. Pirine, is kind of an Eddie Lacy type, bowling ball, uh, beast mode type running back. He's going to go early in this uh, fourth round. Marlon Mack out of South Florida is uh, more of a scat back guy that could really be fun too. He had um, uh, six of his 15 touchdowns last year were 43 yards or longer. Big playability. Uh, he's going to go in this round. PA loves him, I know. Um, I don't know if Green Bay will will jump at a running back with the first pick here, but I think they will with one of their two picks in the fourth round. Those are two guys I'm looking at, and don't be surprised if they grab a receiver. Josh Reynolds, six foot three inch guy, big guy with four five speed. Green Bay is looking for a speed receiver. Uh, the guys they have, Adams, Nelson, Cobb, and Nelson doesn't have that speed anymore. They could use a, a fast guy to go vertical and open things up across the middle of the field for their tight end. So uh, I think receiver will be addressed by Green Bay as well. 13 picks between our two teams. I know you're bored with it, Trent, but you have, you have <laughs> to be. That's an exciting time for, the, for your teams right now. You've got to add these new players. You've got to figure out who can come in. 
you know, the, the guys have done their work in the front office. This is what they get paid to do, to, to see if they can, you know, find a diamond in the rough, a, a guy that who's drafted in, in, in the later rounds that can come in and pay dividends. And But that's what the, that's what the draft is all about. And, you know, but, but, but you want to hit home runs with the guys who are drafted earlier. You know, you believe they can come in and, and play right away, and, and then you, you sprinkle those guys around with some veteran players and see what kind of team you, you can put together and make a strong playoff run. I mean, because at the end of the day, it's about winning. I mean, if, if winning is not important, you know, why are we playing? Why are we in this business? And, and the teams that win consistently, you know, they can bring in, you know, some new talent here and there. And also they can balance things out, we you know, with, with some veteran all-pro type players as well. So what the Vikings did yesterday was fortify the offense. They have what looks to be their center of the future and beyond. Uh, Pat Elfline, Ohio State, 40 starts. Um, certainly was instrumental in helping Zeke Elliott become the back he was. And uh, has all you need and all you want out of a center. So they've addressed the middle of their offensive line. Um, they'll probably address offensive line again today. But Dalvin Cook, a chance to uh, be a real game breaker if he uh, can stay straight. And uh, also they got a block it's a, for it's him. It's a great pick for the. But it's all about the offensive line as well. I, I mean, you know, Elliott was was great in, uh, in, in in Dallas this past season as a rookie. But the offensive line, they have to do their part also. Correct. If you can't block. If there's no space to run. Hey, it's going to be tough. He's the kind of guy, though, just pitch him the ball and let him go. He can make guys miss. Uh, I, I, I tweeted uh, last night, you don't even need blockers hey, when you have Delvin hey, Cook. we're talking about NFL players here. Oh. Okay? So, I, you know, this, this, this just in. Hey, you and Zach, enjoy your hockey tonight, okay? One of the hockey right now. Enjoy. All for right. Trent and Zach, I'm Dave. Thanks for listening. T to Green is next. Stay tuned to the Fan for Draft Talk all day today. With Lucky Landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.